0: The Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger, and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com, typed with no spaces. There is an E in GracePoint, G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E, lakewood.com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. up a whole sermon today, but during worship, the Lord started speaking to me again, and I said, Lord, I said, come on, are you playing with me again? (laughs) But uh, John, I may not be doing any of the scriptures I gave you. I might do one or two here and there, but if you can follow, that's fine, but if not, that's okay. But I just, I really feel strong. I I had some time I spent some time this week away with the Lord seeking him. Just, you know, totally away from worldly things and food anything and there was no food in my life for about 6 days this week. There was no water in my life this week for about 4 days. I had drank no water, no food for 4 days. I just sought the Lord and uh came out on the other side kind of excited. <laughs> And he started downloading some things in my spirit. And he said to me, we're living in a New Kingdom era. We're living in a New Kingdom era. It's a day of the Renaissance. I don't know if you know what the word Renaissance means. I had to look it up myself. But the word Renaissance means a transition to something new. It means a rebirth. Or actually, if you wanted to know what it meant, it meant revival. And not only did it, you don't stop at revival with renaissance because renaissance wants to bring you into reformation. You know, and I, I know we all need revival. We need souls saved. Amen. And we all want to see people saved by the power of the Lord. But what we really need to think about is reformation. What kind of a foundation, what kind of a pathway are we setting for the next generation? Because there will be other generations coming after us. And the Lord was real strong about that. And He says, I want you to think about, you know, how, how we can have a reformation and, and create things that will extend the family. How the family. How we can make the family strong, you know, in, 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 our, in our nation. You know, in our city and in our nation. In education. How many know education in America needs help? <laughs> so we need to start thinking about what we can do to create and form new things, new structures for education, for family, for the economy. Our economy needs help, and the media needs help. There's not much you can watch on TV today without being, you know, a little confused when you get out when you when you get off that uh, thing. Uh, government, faith or religion, and celebration and arts. But I really believe that, that that we're living in this new day because a lot of people, when you say the word renaissance they'll you know they'll attach it to humanism and secularism and stuff like that. But I really believe that God is up to something i don't believe he's i don't believe just like the song we sang today, <laughs> even if I don't see it, I know he's working, even if i don't feel it, I know he's working you know he's working inside of us no i you know I believe, you know, I know a lot of people are saying this is the end day. He's going to come. We're, you know, the bark of the bees. I said, you know what? I said, I just don't, can't go there yet. I can't. I, I can't. I can't say we're done. I don't sense it's over yet. I, it, it may be we're going through a hard time. We may be having some perilous times right now. Amen? We may have some hard times. But it's not over. I believe that there's things still ahead for us. And so this new day of renaissance will be all about the kingdom of God. If there's anything the church needs to transition into, is a mindset of the kingdom. You know, we have to quit thinking of ourselves as a small little group. That's why I'm excited about going to Awakening Church. We can go out there to Aurora for two, two nights and two days and two Wednesdays and preach and teach and, you know, let that anointing flow on them as well. And I'm sure there'll be times like we've had, like you know, Walter, Pastor Walter Moss was just here a couple of weeks ago from Canton. I have Pastor Dwight Dumas. He's a pastor in Youngstown, who is a, a Youngstown State a football player, and just wrote a brand new book on race reconciliation. I like to. I'm going to bring Dwight, and Dwight's been in here before, uh, into our congregation in the future, in, in the past, and I know that I, I would like to bring him back, but. I believe this is a new day, a spiritual awakening for God's people and the world around us. I think many thousands of people will be swept into the kingdom in upcoming years. Thousands. It's not only happening in California. I don't know if you've heard all about Mario Murillo, but there is great things happening in in California, Florida with Rodney Howard, Howard Brown. There's revival. There's outbreaks happening all over the world today. And I believe that's going to cause a reformation. It's going to cause people. I think years ago I used to tell the joke, while the world is in liquidation, God will be floating His stock of those who will be heralding His goodness and His love. You know, the world can do do what it wants wants to do because we're in the world but not of the world. Amen? And I believe at some point we're going to see God's church totally on fire. Every person. We'll, we'll, all, we'll all be swinging from the chandeliers. <laughs> we'll all be running up and down the aisles and dancing. Amen? I believe we're going to show the love that needs to be shown to the... To the you know, we get the love here, we get, we get hope filled here, but that has to go out into the streets. We have to be able to show it to our neighbors. We've got to let our neighbors know that you don't have to worry, you don't have to be in fear. You know, the Lord gave me this scripture early this morning, and it wasn't even in my message, and I never gave it to John. But I like to share it with you. I'm I'm using an Amplified Bible, so that's why my Bible looks like it's six Bibles in one. Uh, that's the Amplified Bible, the Chick Bible. A lot of words. <laughs> Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. One one scripture. Isaiah 41:10. The Lord gave me this this morning. I was like, what? I said, Lord, I just wrote my sermon, you know, all week. And now you're giving me more scriptures. I said, how do I get it all in? And, you know, a little bit of time. Everybody wants to, you know, they want to get out of here and go swimming. I mean, every time I look at Leah on Facebook, she's swimming somewhere. If she's not by Hinkley Lake or out here or out there, she's by Aunt Teresa's new pool. And I hear she's getting a new pool next week. (laughs) So... That's what you know people do. What I do is I go play baseball with my grandkids. I sit out for two, three hours in the baseball field. But uh Isaiah 41 t- 10 says, Do not fear. Do not fear. If you're if you're fighting fear, I even this morning I put out some little uh on that black free table over there, I put some little pamphlets about do not fear. Do not worry. I mean if you're fighting worry or fighting fear, some little pamphlets over there, but do not fear anything. I like that's what the amplified says. Do not fear anything for I am with you, for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. be assured I will help you. I mean what How much promise do we need? I don't know about you, but I don't have much fear. I really don't. I haven't received the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen? And I will certainly, he says, I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, of salvation. I will strengthen you. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. And I think you have to sometimes remind yourself and say that over and over. You know, I will not be afraid. I will not fear, for I know God is for me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. He's changeless. Amen? He's the same. I have to get some water here. I don't know why, but I need it. I wish I had. When I get to heaven, I'm going to tell the Lord, why didn't you put a little thing in my throat here? A little like a a hook with a little thing so I can just, when I think about it, water would squirt down my throat to take care of my dryness. So so when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord for an operation improvement in the creation of man. You've got to remember, I worked for CEI for 18, 18 years, and we were always allowed to put OIs in, operation improvement. So we would think of things that we can, you know, make or invent or create to make our job easier. And I was I always, every month I won because I was always thinking of things. And they said, man, you're, the, you're, the, you're like leading the pack. I did so many one month, the, uh, the head of the whole plant brought me in to have lunch with him. He says, where do you get all this stuff? I said, Jesus, He gives me all my operation improvements. Amen? But I believe we're going to start seeing the move of God like never before. I believe the church is going to be totally on fire. You know, I like the one guy who says, I'm, I'm so on fire, why don't you come and see me burn for Jesus? Amen? And walking and living unprecedented signs and wonders and supernatural manifestations of power. It's going to be easy, though. It'll be effortless. That's what's the, that's so great about grace. It's effortless. It's a part of the like like. Kevin was sharing earlier. It's a part of our DNA. You know the DNA we have now is divine nature. Apply God's nature has been put within us. Amen. I don't even have this scripture, but it came to me right now. Let's go to Second Peter. Excuse me. I don't have any cold or nothing. I haven't nothing's happened been happening in my body for a whole week. So right now, all I'm getting is a lot of it. I'm getting it's just food, uh, food toxins. But Second uh, Peter chapter one, verse one, Second Peter one Just Simon Peter, a bond servant, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ. Verse, yeah, verse one, to those who have received and possess by God's will a precious faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. How I mean, you know this is not the Amplified Bible? Is not the Bible you want to memorize? <laughs> you want to do the Re- Reader's Digest version. You know that's why whenever you start memorize, that's why you start with John six thirty-five. Jesus wept. <laughs> And then you go to Hebrews 13.1. I'm just teasing. You. Just having fun. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Verse 2. That special sense of spiritual well-being be multiplied to you in the true intimate knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. For His divine power, His divine nature, has been bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. I wish, I, I wish there was a way I can convey to you how important this scripture is. He's provided everything for our spiritual life and everything we need to be godly in Him. He's provided it. We receive it because how many we know we're sons of God? Amen. There's no male or female in Christ. In the Spirit, there's no male and female. It's only in the flesh. It's only here on the planet. I mean, in heaven, there's no marrying. Amen? It's only Spirit. My wife is convinced we'll still be best friends. We'll be holding hands all through heaven time. I says, okay, Marie, whatever you think. We'll see what happens when we get there. <laughs> I don't think we'll get a house because we'll, we'll be in the Spirit. Everything necessary, everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these we, He has bestowed on us His precious and magnificent promises. How many promises do we have in the Bible? 7,000. Over 7,700. Over 7,700 promises in the Bible. That'll keep you busy for a lifetime. Amen? It sure does. (laughs) and, And he says these promises are of inexpressible value so that by them you can escape from the immoral freedom that is in this world because of the disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a teaching. I'm going to do a series on this because I don't think we get it. You don't have two natures. You don't have the old man nature anymore. It's gone. You don't, you know, let's go to Galatians and see what Galatians 2 tells us about the nature, about who we are. You don't have one nature, divine nature. That's all you got, one. You don't have two. If you wonder, you say, "But I still, I still fight. I still, I still fight the old man." Well, that's because you let him get up. I, 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 I like, I get like, you know, the Lord wants us to ascend to new levels. See, the higher the levels, the, the less there are devils. Devils can't go high; they can only stay in their own realm. But when you get high, they're not there. Just they're not there. You're there by yourself with Jesus. And the good part about that is when, whenever you're fighting a battle and you don't know what to do, you send Jesus to the door. You just you just stay. Where it says it says in Ephesians chapter two that we've been made together to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if I'm sitting, I ain't running. Jesus takes care of the battles. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I'm going to read an amplified Bible today. I told you that. I have my other Bible over there if I have to escape. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in Him... I have shared His crucifixion. And it is no longer I who live. I'm telling you, church, it's, it's sonship. It's union. I'm going to give you another scripture right after this. The Holy Spirit just gave me another one. He He's relentless today. During worship, these are the scriptures He gave me. I could preach for three hours on these scriptures. I said, Lord, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? These people need all this stuff? I said, I don't know. I'll just leave them up there. I'll let him orchestrate my extemporaneous teaching. Amen? I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in Him I have shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live. Just say that about ten times. "It It is no longer I who live. It is no longer I who live. It is no longer I who live. Do you believe that? Can I tell you what the kingdom of God is all about? Two things. Believe and receive. Believe and receive. Anything you believe in, in Christ, you could have. You could say to the mountain out there, Be thou removed, and it'll be gone. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. Nothing. Nothing. I'm all jacked up today with this thing. This Holy Spirit's all over me. But Christ, it says the next phrase, as a comma, is no longer I that lives, comma, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. I've been learning how to let Christ live in me. I've been learning how to let Christ live through me. I've been learning how to live and let Christ be me. In me, as me. Say, in me, as me. Big difference than thinking there's two of you. Because Jesus ain't thinking there's two of you. You might be thinking that you that it's you and him, but he's thinking you are one. Because he says you are. life I now live in the body I live by what? Faith. Faith means I'm in a believing understanding atmosphere a realm by adhering to relying on and completely trusting in the Son of God. Completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up. For me, First Corinthians chapter six. Let's go there. One verse. First Corinthians six. I think that's the verse. Oh yeah, there it is, verse seventeen. I mean whenever you use how many have their same Bible they use all the time? Never changed. Raise your hand high. never changed. Raise your hand high, never changed. <laughs> i I challenge you to get a new Bible. It'll make you it'll make you a Christian again. It'll make you somebody who has to seek again because whenever you're looking for the scripture that you know where it's at, it's not there no more. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. Let's go up a little farther. Let's go start in verse 15. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that your body are members of Christ? Do you ever say that to yourself when you're going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing, in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing that you shouldn't be doing? My, am I bringing my body to this place? The Bible says that. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them part of a prostitute? That's pretty strong language. There's a lot of people that can relate to that though. I know people right now in my zone of people I know in my around me that go to prostitutes. The answer to the question in this verse is certainly not. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall be one flesh. Galatians two twenty four. But the one, but the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Say, I am joined to the Lord. And we are one spirit. Amen. It's no longer I. It's not only I who lives, but Christ lives in me, through me. It's Him. Amen. It's Him. It's always been Him. It's all about Him. Let's go to Galatians. If you're a praying person, this is the time to start praying for Pastor Mike. You want to pray that God says that's enough. <laughs> Otherwise, we could be here too a little longer than you know you expected. I don't know what your agenda is, but I know God's after you. <laughs> God's after you. He's after each of us in different ways. Amen. He knows where all of us are at. He knows what you're thinking all the time. He's not offended by any of that stuff. He's not even offended by your behavior. You can't offend Him. He's never going to stop chasing you. Because He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to be a free person. He doesn't want you in bondage. He doesn't want you in sickness. He doesn't want you to be in all kinds of winds of doctrines. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians 4. I got a couple hot dingers here. Here, and then we're going to go to Hebrews 9. There's another hot dinger there. But this one is a real hot dinger. Okay? I asked 10 pastors a question this week out of this chapter. 10 pastors. It wasn't John. John Killett's back there. He's a pastor, but I didn't ask him. So I'll ask him next week. But he's going to get the question right here. Do you know, I asked ten people this question a question out of this chapter. Ten pastors. Not one of them would answer me. Not one. I couldn't get one answer. I guess maybe they don't have an answer. Amen? Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Let's go to Galatians. Uh, I'm in Galatians four. Let's start in verse four, so I, you don't get. I'm not going to take you right to the issue, but we'll get to it, okay? But when in God's plan, but when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come, God sent His Son. Who's His Son? Jenny was shouting it up, up here this, this morning. I don't know why you guys are so quiet. Are you tired? Is it too hot in here? It's warm, right? Yeah. Jesus, thank you, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law, so that He might redeem <coughs> and liberate those <coughs> who are under the law that we who believe might be adopted as sons. Say, I'm a son of God. And when you say that, make sure whenever you write it, you always use a capital S. And say, don't ever say, oh, that's Jesus. No, No, you're Jesus. That's what the Bible says. You're one with Him. One spirit with Him. One, you're going to start believing it. You see, once you start believing who you are, the devil's defeated. Fear is defeated. Sickness is defeated. It can't come after you. It can't chase you. And you're not going to sign for the package anymore. When the devil brings you the package of sickness, you're going to say, Sorry. I'm not signing for that package. You can take it back, put it in your delivery truck, and take it down the street. There got to be somebody down the street that don't know what I know. Amen. Got to be somebody down there that don't know what you know, don't know who they are. Verse five: as God's children with all rights as fully grown members of the family, and because you. And because you really are his sons, it says it. Because you really are his sons. Did you notice it doesn't say daughters? You got to get over it, ladies. Get over it. When you go to heaven, you're not going to be a daughter anymore. You're always going to be what Jesus said you were—a son. You're sons of God. Right. That's correct. That's correct. Good observation, Jenny. Very good. I'll go with you there. I'm buying in. And because you really are His sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son. Where did He send them? Into our hearts. We teach kids in Sunday school all the time. Jesus is living in your heart. But then we get to the adults and they go, where is He? Where is Jesus? He's in your heart. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always with you. He's with you when you're sleeping. He's with you when you're driving. He's with you at work. He doesn't get... He's with you wherever. Jesus loves to swim. Because when I go swimming, He goes with me. He loves baseball because when I go to baseball, He goes too. I said, Jesus, you love baseball? He said, I love it. He said, let's go get some popcorn. (laughs) Let's go get an ice cream bar. I said, I'm with you. I'm with you. Into our hearts crying, Abba Father. Now this is the scripture right here. Galatians four seven. And it gotta read it. Who has anybody here have a King James Bible? Huh? You have one? You got a King James? Just do the King James. Galatians four seven. Read it out loud. Stand up, scream it. Say it again. No more, you're no more okay, okay, okay. Keep going. Read the whole read the whole verse. Amen. You're no more servants. You're a son. When can we get to the place where the church believes that they're sons, not servants? Does it mean we don't serve? No. It just means sons who are a part of the business, the family business, the Father's business, the kingdom of God, But when we're, and we own everything that He owns because Jesus says, everything I have, I'm going to give it to you. Yes, you got it all. You not only got what Jesus got, you got what Abraham got. Because Abraham went into Christ, Christ went into you, you get it all. You're fully complete in him. And you're no longer a servant. Do you know how many times last week I heard somebody quote, Well done, thou good and faithful servant? I said, I'm not. I'm gonna be here, and when I get to heaven, or when I when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, he's gonna be saying, Well done, thou good and faithful son. Because that scripture right there tells me I'm not no longer a servant. If you look at this verse, this translation here, it says you're no longer a slave. Do you know what's sad about a servant just being always being called a servant? You don't go to the master's house; you go to the servant's quarters when you're done. But when you're a son, you live in the house with the father. You're one with Him. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. All are one. You think Jesus just wanted... I mean, you think the Father just wanted one son? He wanted a family of sons. He wanted a kingdom of sons. And that's what He's trying to get the church to believe. He's trying to get us to believe. Because He wants you, once you believe you're a son... The devil is powerless because he ain't going to mess with Daddy. He can mess with you, but you just say, "Okay, pops. Okay, Baba. This guy's messing with me here. Take care of it." Amen. See, God is bigger than us. He can do it, He's- and we're part of the family. Sure he can endorse us to do it too when it needs to be done, amen. You keep reading about sonship over here. Let's go down to verse twelve before I leave this chapter, because this one's a good one. It says, believers I like the way it starts in the amplified. It says, Believers, I beg you, I beg of you, because become as I am. Who wrote this book? Paul, right? How many, how many books did Paul write in the New Testament? Two-thirds. Three-quarters of all the books. Because Paul is the apostle of grace. And this is what he says. He says, believers, I beg of you, because, become as I am, free from the bondage of Jewish ritualism. Come on, church. There are a lot of Christians today that want to be like Jews you got to read your Bible. You got to read your Bible and believe it. Because it will change your mindset. Your thinking, if you're open. And ordinances for I have become, as you are, a Gentile. You did me no wrong when I first came to you. Don't do it now. Woo! That's powerful. I, I'm sorry. I'm a Gentile. Nice job, Luke. I'm a Gentile. You know what what a Gentile is? Somebody does not have to observe Jewish things. That's what the Bible says. I don't have to observe anything Jewish. I don't. Who's Jesus? Jesus is everything. If you're looking for the tabernacle, if you're looking for the, 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 the feast of tabernacles, it's Jesus. If you're looking for the promised land, it's Jesus. If you're looking for the Sabbath, it's Jesus. What are you looking for? Jesus isn't it. He's it. He fulfills it all. He said He fulfills all the law and all the prophets. And He's not doing it again. I'm going to end in this last chapter. Somebody's got to be praying because I'm going to end in this last chapter right here. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. <laughs> and I'll try to keep it short, boys. You can get up there and get ready. Hebrews chapter 9. And girls. <clears throat> How many know the Scriptures are messing with you? Doesn't it, doesn't it say in John 8, 32, that the truth shall set you free? I have a good friend. His name used to be Jamie. He lives in Florida. He's in heaven right now enjoying his eternal home. But he says, before the truth will set you free, it'll make you miserable. He wrote a book like that. Before the truth will set you free, it'll make you miserable. Oh, hey, I'm honest. Are you honest? We can do altar calls. I mean. So in, John, in Hebrews chapter 9... start, I'm going to start, uh, I, I really want to get to verse 26. It's really, there's so much. How many know what the book of Hebrews is about? It's about crossing over from what? Old covenant to new covenant. Who's new covenant? Jesus, right? <laughs> I spent a lot of time in my 67 translations of the Bible. Spend spent a lot of time because I don't ever want to say it wrong. Verse 24 of chapter 9, Hebrews 9, verse 24, For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but He entered into heaven itself. Now to appear. Now to appear. Let me find out where I was in the very presence of God on our behalf. This is talking about Christ. Nor did he enter into the heavenly sanctuary to offer himself again and again. So a lot of people still think that you've got to crucify Jesus every time you go to church. I mean, no, Jesus is not on the cross. I mean, that's past tense. Amen? Amen? Jesus is alive. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And guess who sits on the throne with him? Sons of God. It says it in Ephesians chapter two. We've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was uh Galatians four seven. Are we still servants? None of them could answer that question. None of them would even attempt. This is another scripture that nobody answers me on. Verse 26. But let's read verse 25 first. Nor did he enter into the heavenly sanctuary to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place every year with the blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer over and over again since the since the foundation of the world. Since the foundation of the world, it says. But now, once for all, at the consummation of the ages, at the consummation and the close of the ages, what the heck does that mean? tell you what it means in plain language? At the end of the world. When did the world end? When Jesus died on the cross. Come on, church. Let's move up. Let's advance. Let's start believing what the Bible says. At the consummation of the ages, He has appeared and publicly manifested to put away by the sacrifice of himself. Can you believe that Jesus, in one act of dying on the cross, cancels all the sin in the world forever? And we got a whole bunch of Christians. All we want to do is beat up people who are sinning. And Jesus said, I already forgave them. When will you start using my eyes and seeing that I love them? Why are you judging? You know, when you judge, you just put yourself back under the wall. Don't judge. You know what Jesus was about? Jesus was about pleading for all the guilty. He cared about those who were broken. He cared about those who were struggling. And He went to them with His love to tell them about the good news of God. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, able to say to us, the world if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus because we're one according to 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, we're one in Galatians two twenty, it's no longer I who live, but the life I now live, is Christ in me living through me amen still love me does the world end all the ten Passages was the other one Galatians 4-7 we're no longer servants we're sons they can't get there they still want to be a servant and they want to blast their people they want to tell all their congregation come on up here. we're going to have a, we're having a membership class because I'm going to teach you how to be servants because you got to serve my vision it's not about that wherefore thou art no more a servant. And it doesn't mean you don't serve. You know, when you're a son and you're a part of the family business, you come up to the pastor and say, can I do something? I don't have to have any special meetings and beg you to serve. If i got to beg you to serve, I'm going to resign today. But when you know you're a son and you're a part of the family business, and you're part of the ownership and you're an heir of all things. You want to serve. You want to serve. I'll let the worship team do something about clothes later. singing it because we know it's true he gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness everything can I tell you something about Jesus you need to know something about him when he lived on earth he lived in two realms he lived on earth but he lived in heaven at the same time because he never did anything he didn't see the father do so he had to be in two realms to operate that way. And that's how we can operate too. Because remember, in Ephesians 2, he says, we have been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're always seated. You're always at rest. He's the one doing the work. You're always at rest. But he gives you the credit because you're his son. He wants you to be known as his son. Let says, know that. And going to end with this final scripture. For God so loved, so greatly loved, and dearly prized the world, that he, he, he gave His one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes and trusts in Him as Savior shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I say this all the time I read this, this chapter in the Amplified. I, I encourage you to read John 3 in the Amplified. Jesus said in that in that chapter, He didn't come to judge. He didn't come to condemn. So we shouldn't be doing it either. We shouldn't be judges. We shouldn't be condemners. We shouldn't be critical. We should be giving people the Father's love, the goodness of God. Amen? Father, thank you so much for this enjoyable day of praise and worship your word, Lord. We thank you for your word. Lord, that fills us, establishes us, grows us, and causes us to become conformed to your image. Lord, we pray that we would continue to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. And Lord, I pray that you use us in the sense that you allow us, Lord, as your sons to manifest your glory wherever we go in our homes, places where we're at in the city, across the nation, wherever we travel to this week. Lord, let us take the good news of your love, the good news, the kindness, your mercy, your kindness to those who are hurting, to those who are broken, to those who are fearful, to those who are worried. Lord, let us give them some encouragement, some hope, some good news. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great week.